Our country of the week this week is um, country of Eritrea. Eritrea. Anybody know where Eritrea is? I think Miss Cheryl is like an atlas. Or she just looks before. <laughs> Ms. Cheryl? It's, um, in Northeast Africa, it's right above Djibouti. Well, I, you really can't describe it much clearer than that. That's pretty much exactly right. Uh, it's north of Djibouti, right next to Sudan, right there on the east of Africa. So that's right, a little country there, Eritrea. Uh, population of about 13 million, obviously predominantly Muslim uh, there. And uh, so be in prayer for, for that country, just a small country right there um, off the east coast of Africa. So be in prayer for that country. And then our missionaries of the week, we have Bob and Cindy Rasmussen. They are in, um, they're in Ontario, working in Pickle Lake, Ontario, and uh, been up there for uh, many years. I hope you'll be praying for them um, this week. And uh, obviously, winter's starting to set in uh, a lot sooner up there than, than down here and things. And um, obviously, with uh, the way that winters are up there in Canada, it makes uh, uh, work a little bit more difficult with ministry and things. But keep praying for them uh, and their outreach there, um, trying to reach uh, people there, obviously, with their children's ministries, um, but also uh, with the church and things. So be in prayer for the Rasmussens. And then we also have Keith and Debbie Gandy. Uh, the Gandys are missionaries in Germany. And they've been there for many years, and uh, um, God's blessing their ministry through, their, through the different churches that they've established. Um, others have been raised up to go and start other churches and to be missionaries and things, and so uh, that's an exciting thing to see. And uh, so be in prayer for uh, their health. Um, he's had some health issues, some health uh, problems and things, but continue to pray for their, their health and uh, that God would just continue to bless their ministry there in Germany, All right? Um, very good. All right. Um, I hope you'll remember those prayer requests. Be thinking of those throughout this week and be in prayer for them. Um, really quick, before we get into um, tonight with what we're going to be looking at, anybody have any questions? Um, I mentioned this morning about the faith promise cards, um, and we have two different types. Uh, we have one that is going to be for the kids, which has the orange lettering on it at the top, and then the regular one is just for the teens and adults. Um, Anybody have any questions about the faith promise cards or anything like that? Um, I know for our, uh, many in our church that we've been doing this for, is this our 10th? This is our 10th missions conference. So this is our 10th year. We've been doing it for nine years. This is going to be starting our 10th year in doing this. And uh, so some of us are familiar with it, but maybe there might be somebody that's not as familiar with it or uh, wants to know a little bit more. Anybody have any questions about the faith promise cards or anything? No? Okay. All right. Well, be praying about that. Be praying about what God would have us to give as a church and obviously uh, individually as well um, as we look to our, our missions conference coming up here in just a couple of weeks. And uh, I'm really excited about uh, the missionaries being here for that and pray that as they come in, that the Lord would keep them safe uh, as they travel and um, some coming in from uh, a good distances, some not so far away, but uh, just keep praying for them as they come in, all right? Very good. Um, Tom, can you kick that slide just to like the regular one? That way we don't have to be looking at the Gandhis the whole time I'm teaching. (laughs) There we go. Great. Thank you, sir. Um, All right, so tonight, um, 
A couple weeks ago, we finished our, our lesson, our series kind of on the sanctity of life. We were talking about how important life is. And uh, so this, uh, this evening, we're going to start another, uh, a different lesson here. And some might think, well, this, is, this isn't really needful. I mean, this is adults. This is something you teach kids. Uh, but I believe this is something that is very needful even in our day and age today, right? Um, it's, it's one of the things that we would say this is a fundamental principle, a fundamental doctrine that we, that we hold to. Um, and, and we hope that uh, young people are being taught these. But uh, it's unfortunate that even in our society today, even in churches, how so many churches are moving away from this, this teaching, this doctrine. Um, and, uh, and that is the account of creation. Creation. Um, if you open your Bibles to the Genesis chapter number 1, Genesis chapter number 1, <clears throat> Genesis chapter 1, obviously in verse number 1 it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And then if you go over to verse number 26, Verse number 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him, male and female. Created he them, and God blessed them and said, Be fruitful, um, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree, and the, which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for me, and every beast of the earth, and every fowl of the air, and every thing that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life. I have given every green herb for meat. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made. And of course, we don't have time to read the whole of chapter 1 here, but it goes through all six days, the six days of creation. And it says, God saw everything that he had made. Everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. If you don't have that underlined in, a, in your Bible, I'd encourage you to do that. God says everything he made was very good. God doesn't make anything bad. You say, well, look around. There's lots of bad. That's fine. There is lots of bad, but that's not God's fault. Because God, everything he made was very good, God says. It was very good. In the evening and the morning were the sixth day. And what we, what we find is that of all the doctrines that the Bible teaches, one of the most attacked, ridiculed, and criticized doctrine is that of a literal six-day creation by God. You say, Pastor, do you really believe that God made everything in six days? Do you, you're saying that you don't believe this theory of evolution, you don't believe in the Big Bang, you don't believe in this different, different stuff, you really believe that God created everything in six days? Yes. Absolutely. You say, well, why do you believe that? Because God said it. God said it, that's why. God says very clearly in his word that he is the creator. And again, over, over the years, um, people have worked to, to undermine this belief of creation. And what's really, it's really fascinating about that. I want you to think about this. In, in 2007, 50% of Americans were very familiar with creationism. Now, that's one thing. That's sad. That's sad that in a Christian country, right? I, 
air quotes, Christian country, right? Only 50% of the people are familiar, not believe, just familiar with creationism. 50%. This was in 2007. That's not, not even 20 years ago. 2007, only 50% of Americans were familiar with creationism. Seven years later, in 2014, that number dropped to 38%. 38% of Americans are familiar. Again, we're not talking believe it, just familiar with it. 38% familiar, just familiar with creationism, right? And, and there, is, there, is a, there is an attack on creation and this doctrine. Um, why, why is that so? Why is there such a, uh, I mean, think about it. If, if, a, if, a, if a teacher, and again, I, I know there might, be some, uh, there might be some public schools and things like that where they're a little bit more lenient, but we're talking generally here in our country. If a teacher stood up and they tried to teach creation, even just as an alternative, just as this is not fact, this is just an, an alternative, Right? How long do you think that teacher would be teaching at that school? They would be gone. They would be fired. They would have disciplinary action against them. I mean, all kinds of things would happen to them. Simply, not even for teaching it as fact, but just simply teaching it as an alternative, right? You know, I mean, we're... You ever... You ever <laughs> sometimes I just... I crack myself up sometimes. <laughs> I mean, think about it, Right? You can have 70 different alternative genders, but you can't have more than one way of how things got into the being in the world, right? I mean, think about that for a second, right? You can have 70 different genders. Oh, but if you teach some alternative way of how the world came to be, oh, you, you know, no, we can't, we can't accept that. Where'd the tolerance go, Right? There, there, it's intolerance because there is an attack on creation, but there's a, there's a root to it, right? There is a root to this attack. What, what is the root to the attack on creation? What is it? Corey? It's the fact that creation is true, everything Right? So if, if creation is true, then everything they're pushing falls apart. All right? Good. All right? Somebody else? Bob? True. Yeah. If you believe in evolution, it really doesn't show that, you know, you can't believe in a, a God, you know, who's a creator, right? But what, what is the root? What is the root of this? desire to destroy creation and the belief in creation. Matt? To to yeah, that's, that's exactly right. The, the, the root in all of this is not about whether you believe it or not. That, they, they don't care about that. The root is that, that they are trying to undermine God, right? They're trying to undermine that there is a God and what God has done, and because guess what? If there is a God, and God did do this, then what does that mean? What's that? We are responsible. We're accountable to that God, 
So the best way to get away from accountability is to say, well, there is no God. And therefore, if there is no God, then this whole idea of creation can't be, because if he's the creator God, then, then we, we are, that means that we are accountable to him, and that means he's actually the one that's in charge and not us, right? So what do we do? We'll just, well, there is no creator God. There, there's no creator God. The world was not created in, in six days. And so this attack on God's existence and his power is, and again, this is the thing we have to understand, this is nothing new. This is not some new phenomenon that has just happened in the past 50 years, you know, or, you know, as America was progressing as a Christian nation and all of a sudden, oh, you know, hey, you you know what? They used to allow creation taught in schools. They used to allow the Bible in schools. They used to allow prayer in schools. They used to use the word of God to teach in schools. But not anymore. Oh, this is something new. No, 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 it's not something new. Go, Go to the book of 2 Peter. In Second Peter chapter three, Second Peter chapter three, notice in verse number five, he says, "For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water." What, what is he speaking about here? creation he's talking about creation he's talking about when the when god was forming everything and the earth was uh, stood out of the water but it was in the water and then god separates the water from the land and it separates the firmament from from the earth he's talking about creation here and what is he saying here for this they willingly are ignorant e- even in peter's day there was an attack against creation this is not some new thing that has developed just over the past 50, 60 years. Oh, now we have to deny creation. Oh, Charles Darwin comes on the scene and, and he says that we all come from, from apes and things like that. So this must be it. And, and so now this attack against creation. No, this is nothing new. This is something that has always been, right? I mean, Peter talks about it. He says they, they, are, they are willingly ignorant of this, right? Um, they refuse to believe. Again, notice the willing ignorance. Why? Because the Bible tells us the heavens declare the glory of God. You cannot look at creation and say there is not a designer. It's just not possible. Right? I mean, to somehow think that two molecules floating through space created an explosion that creates this absolute perfect solar system, this earth that is so perfect that that everything on it and and how it is and things that an explosion did that i'm sorry but you know you think you think christians have to have a lot of faith (laughs) that takes a lot of faith to believe that then an explosion could cause order i'd like to see you go to a job site where they're building a a skyscraper and watch them just dump all the bricks out there and dump all the metal out there and then put a bunch of dynamite out there and blow it up and see what happens you're going to have a great skyscraper perfect all the lights are going to be in already the sockets are there the wires already run it's going to be a perfect building and people would say you are an idiot and you're right i would be an idiot to believe that and yet there are people that believe that some explosion created 
something even more intricate and more detailed than a skyscraper. In the beginning, God created. And this is where... Um, and look, there was a time when, you know, I think Christians thought, you know, science was against the Bible and the Bible was against science. So anything that was scientific, you know, we had to disclaim and we had to push away and we keep science separate from the Bible. I don't think that's true at all. I don't think that's true, right? I think the Bible has the answers. And so what happened was, and I can't remember when, this was probably maybe... Maybe 100 years ago, I could be wrong on my dates or whatever, um, but a while back, to try to, because there were Christians that were saying, well, hey, you know, we believe the Bible, but then science was saying, well, hey, what about science and, and, and evolution and the Big Bang and all this kind of stuff? And so what happened, Christians were trying to take, and again, I, I don't know if I would call evolution and the Big Bang science. Um, it's not science. It's not science, right? Science is something you can replicate. You cannot replicate the Big Bang Theory. You cannot replicate evolution. It's not possible. You can't do it. So you can't call it science. It's a theory. That's exactly right. It's, it's a theory. It's just an idea, right? Um, where was I going with that? Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, I knew it was 100 years ago. Anyway, so... <laughs> So here's what happens, right? Christians are like, oh, man, we believe the Bible, but yet we still want to be able to say we, we believe in science as well. But yet all these scientists are saying evolution, they're saying creation, they're saying the earth is millions and millions and millions of years old. But yet we, we still want to be able to say we believe the Bible. So let's just merge the two. How did they merge? Anybody know how did they merge creation with evolution? Does anybody know? I see a couple hands. Three hands. If you know, raise your hand. If you know what I'm talking about, raise your hand. Three, four, five. Okay. Yeah, that's, not, that's not bad. That's not bad. All right. Somebody tell me, what am I talking about? Oh, that's an, that's an interesting one. That's not the one I'm talking about, but that's interesting. God wound the clock. Where'd the clock come from? <laughs> Miss Leslie? Oh, that's, that's good too, right? They tried to, they tried to bring in what they call the, the day age theory, right? Which is, you know, six days. Well, those six days didn't literally mean a 24 hour day because, you know, the Bible says later in the New Testament that a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as one day. And so that day in Genesis chapter one, where it talks about those six days weren't literally 24 hour days. They could have been a thousand years, could have been a million years, right? Whatever. Uh, no, it was pretty much a day. You know how we know that? How do we know? What is it? What did he say? The morning and the evening were the first day, right? You have one morning, one evening, one day. You don't have a million mornings and evenings. Oh, that's the first day. No. The, mor- the evening and the morning were the first day. Anybody know what first means? It doesn't mean a million years later. It means first. It's the first day. You know what second means? 
It means you're not first. You lost. (laughs) No, it means it's the second, right? It comes after the first and the third and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth, right? Sometimes I wonder if some people need to go back to school and learn what numbers mean, right? But that's true. They have have the the, the day-age theory as well. But there was something else that they brought about. Anybody know what this other thing was to try to incorporate these things? Brother Ross? Okay, God kind of in control. I think kind of the same thing that Brother Jeff was talking about. Uh, God kind of controlling the evolution, things like that, right? Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I feel the same way sometimes. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to go all the way back to the amoeba, right? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy, right? Anybody else know what I'm talking about here? No? It's not talked a lot about these days much anymore. Um, in fact, actually, um, I was actually just wondering here real quick. Um, wasn't sure if this one did or not. Um, but they say that there's actually, that, again, this is what Christians, because the scientists were saying evolution, theory, Big Bang, all this kind of stuff. And so Christians were saying, well, we believe the Bible, but yet science, air quotes, is telling us these things. And so what they do, they went to Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 1, and they said between Genesis chapter 1, 1 and Genesis chapter 1, 2 is a gap. It's called the gap theory. Again, there's all kinds of theories out there, the day-age theory, the gap theory, all these different things where they're trying to blend, they're trying to blend creationism and evolution. So the gap theory says, well, God created the heaven and the earth, and then he just kind of stepped back, and then evolution kind of came along, and everything happened, and and you have all the dinosaurs, and the age of the dinosaurs, and the ice age, and all this kind of stuff, and then, then later on, God decides that he's going to, he's going to create, you know, he's going to make this, um, you know, he's going to make all these different things. He's going to make light and he's going to make the water and he's going to make the land. And he's going to make all these different, you know, there's, there's a really big problem with that. Number one, it just doesn't make sense, right? Um, because again, it says the evening and the morning were the first day, right? So where'd all these other days come from, right? And then secondly, well, if the dinosaurs and everything were before all this time, what were they on? Because he doesn't separate the water from the land until, what is that, day three? Is that day three, I think? I should have the the Master Club kids come in. They could say it off the top of their head like that. I think it's day three, right? Let the waters under the heaven be gathered to one place. Let the dry land appear. Right, I was, hey, I was right. Day three, I'm proud of myself. I remembered it. Day three, right? So what, what were they on? Were they just floating around? They were what? Treading water for a million years, right? Yeah. Well, here's the other problem, right? We're going to be serenaded. Um, well, here's the other problem. Well, they say, well, what happened to the dinosaurs then when God created everything? Well, they all died off. Everything died off, right? And then man comes on the scene. That's why you have the millions and millions of years. What's the problem with that? Somebody tell me what's the problem with that? 
There's death. How did, what, remind me, what does the Bible say brings death? So the dinosaurs sinned? The dinosaurs sinned? I mean, the Bible says sin is what brings death. And if Adam and Eve weren't created until millions and millions and millions of years later on, then what caused the dinosaurs to die? See, it doesn't, even, it doesn't, it doesn't mesh. It doesn't flow. You know why? Because it's wrong. It's wrong. You say, how can you say that? Because God says that he created everything in six days. And here, here's why this is so dangerous, folks. Look, and this is why there's such an attack on creation. And, and it's really interesting. You look at so much of what is being attacked in Christianity today. It, creation is being attacked. I mean, they're attacking the schools every day, evolution, millions of years, you know, all this other, you know, I mean, you can't find a book in the library to read to your kid without it saying the dinosaurs were millions and millions of years ago. You know, tell me they're not trying to indoctrinate our children in this. Of course they are. Why? Because they're trying to undermine the word of God, right? They're undermining the word of God. The, the, what are, what are, and again, this is interesting. How, how many of the, the Christian doctrines that we hold to and the Christian beliefs that we hold to are found in the book of Genesis that they are trying to destroy? Somebody tell me something else that we find in the book of Genesis that they're trying, not only are they trying to destroy creation, but what else is found in the book of Genesis they're trying to destroy? Hello. Hello. I mean, right here in Genesis chapter 1, what's it say? And God created in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Guess how many genders there are? Two. Male and female. Well, but you not no, 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 no. Why are, they, why are they saying you can have 70 different genders and all this kind of stuff? Why are they having to use the pronouns now? You know, what? I, it's just, I was watching something the other day, and, uh, or maybe I was reading it or whatever, and I was so confused by what I was watching or reading because it was like, um, they are going here and, and them and this, and I'm like, it's one person. I mean, we have to totally redefine the English language now because they're trying to undermine the word of God. That's how far they're willing to go. They is no longer plural. They can now be singular. If you feel like you're a they, then you must be a they. If you feel like you're a them, you can be a them. If you feel like you're a purple penguin, you can be a purple penguin. I mean, they are totally trying to undermine God's word. They're trying to change, and they don't, they, I mean, Look, folks, it doesn't take, I'm going to get myself in so much trouble. It, I mean, it doesn't take half a brain to figure out that one is one. One is not 27. I mean, again, the, words have meaning but do you do you understand you see how far they're trying to go i mean they will rewrite the entire dictionary if that's what it means to undermine the authority of god's word they don't care what they will do as long as it will get the authority of god's word undermined the other thing he said marriage the family 
You understand how the family is being attacked in our society today? Not only with the, the different genders and things like this. You, you, can't, you can't watch a commercial, let alone a, a movie or a sitcom or something like that, which, by the way, there's not a lot of good stuff out there anymore. Okay? Um, so you ought to have a lot more time to study the Word of God and a lot more time to do lots of other things that are honoring to the Lord, right? Because there's not, it's a bunch of junk, right? But you can't, you can't look at anything without it being, watch this, you can't, a man and a man now is a couple, a woman and a woman now, or whatever it might be, or, you know, I mean, that's, again, what are they doing? They're, they're pushing this. They're trying to make this is, how, this is the normal thing now. Why? Because they're trying to undermine the authority of God's word. Why? What does God say? Well, when you go to Genesis chapter 2, it says, and God said, uh, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. You know what? There was only one. She. One. And it was a woman. She means female. He means male. Male, female. He, she. Woman, man. I'm telling you, this is really, this is really tough. Right? You guys are looking at me like, oh, what? No. Right? This is not bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man, male, leave his father, male, and his mother, female, and shall cleave unto his wife, female. And they shall be one flesh. I mean, here's, here's, here is marriage. This is the definition of marriage. One man, one woman, united by God. That's how it's supposed to be. God says, that's marriage. What is the world trying to do? They're trying to undermine the family. They're trying to undermine marriage. And, and we, haven't even, we haven't even gotten out of the garden yet. Do you understand this? We haven't even gotten out of the garden. Adam and Eve haven't even sinned yet. And they're trying to undermine exactly what God has said just in the first two chapters. Do you realize how much they hate the word of God? I mean, just the first two chapters, we find creation. We find that there is a God. We find, uh, we find that there is man and woman. We find marriage. We find the home. And those first four things, the world and the, the, the devil are trying to destroy them. So here's the thing, right? This is why there's such an attack against the book of Genesis, against these things, because here's the thing. If you can destroy Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, then you destroy the rest of the Bible. If I can get you to doubt Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, I can get you to doubt anything in the Bible. Because if Genesis chapter 1 and 2 are wrong, that means everything is wrong. And that's why there is such a, a vitriol, there is a hatred for creation. That's why they, they don't want it in the schools. They don't want the family, they don't want gender, male and female. That's why they, they're, they're, now trying to, they're now trying to be able to talk to kids about their gender without ever talking to the parents and trying to convince them that you're not a boy, you're a girl, or you're not a girl, you're whatever, a cat. Yeah, oh my word, what in the world is wrong with us? A cat, what, what are they called? Somebody tell me, what are they called? Fur, fur what? Furries. Furries. No, look, folks, this is just how sad our society is getting, okay? Furries. 
that now kids that can come with a little cat, little, you know, like that, what you would think that they would wear for Halloween, right? Your little cat ears, and you can put little whiskers on, and you can have a little tail, and you can act like a cat and be a cat. And you know, they even have litter boxes in the classrooms and in the schools for these furries. I don't know. I don't know. Here, here's the thing, though, right? <laughs> Brother, come on, right? Have you, have you ever noticed that, no, it doesn't matter, right? I mean, we can have 70 different genders of male and female, whatever. But when it comes to animals, there's only male and female. You ever thought about, there's no 70 genders of cats, there's no 70 genders of dogs. There's a male dog and there's a female dog. Well, wait a minute. I thought we evolved from that. If we evolved from that and they're still male and female, then shouldn't we still be male and female? I mean, this, I'm telling you, folks, it absolute, some of this stuff absolutely drives me bonkers. It's crazy. But look, this is what's going on right here in Eaton, Ohio. You think, oh, that's, that's just going on in, in these, these you, know, uh, you know, California and New York and these places. No. No, it's going on right here in Preble County. It's going on in Ohio. And this is why it is so important that we as Christians, especially, especially those of you that have kids, you have children in your home, you have got to be so diligent in teaching them the word of God. Because if you don't, they will. They'll teach them what they want them to know, and it's not going to be this book. I mean, that's what I said before. You, you got to be careful. Even if you go to the library, oh, the library, we're just going to get books for our kids. You better check out what your kids are reading from the library. Well, they're just kids' books. Yeah, that's exactly where they're headed. They're trying to get your kids. And if they can get your kids to doubt God at five, six, seven years of age, man, they got them. They got them. That's why it's so important, right? And we think, oh, creation, this is, not, this is not a big deal. No, it is. This is so important. Because if we cannot believe Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, then... There's nothing, there, there's, what else do we believe? Because if Genesis 1 and 2 is, is wrong, then everything else is wrong, right? And there's so much in Scripture that talks about creation. I mean, there are so many verses that speak about creation. Let me just read a couple to you. Um, I was going to take time to have you guys look some of these up, but you guys got me off on stuff, and that's your fault, so... Um, <laughs> Job 38, 4 and 5. God says, Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? I declare, if thou hast understanding, who hath laid the measure of it? If thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line upon it? He says, He's asking Job, Job, where were you when I created everything? Where were you, Job? You weren't around. You weren't around. Psalms 104, verse number 5. Who laid the foundations of the earth that it should not be removed forever? Think about that. God says he laid the foundations. He did it, right? He's, he's the creator. He's the one. Um, 
I mean, you think about Hebrews chapter 11. Think about this. Um, because, again, it's faith. People talk about, you know, you Christians have faith in, in God and things like that. Again, don't, don't, let them, don't let them trick you in this, right? Do you know what evolution and the Big Bang and all that is based? Do you know what you have to do to follow that? You have to have faith. You have to have faith, right? Because here's the thing. And, and this is why I have to have faith in creation, right? Here's the thing. Evolution and creation are both based on faith. Why? Because we weren't there. Nobody was there. Adam wasn't even there. It was all done when he came along. It's on faith. Again, evolution, it's, it's by faith. Nobody was there millions and millions of years ago because there wasn't any millions and millions of years ago. But nobody was there to be able to say this happened. It's, it's all about faith, right? And so it's not, it's not science. It's faith that under, underlies our belief in creation and their belief in evolution. Um, and so, you know, yes, we can say, well, hey, there are, there are scientific evidences. There are scientific proofs that prove the Bible. And we can say that. And no doubt, they're going to say, hey, there's scientific evidence, there's scientific proof that proves evolution. They're going to say that. But both, both are established in faith. They, we both have to believe in something that none of us have ever seen. Nobody has seen it, right? But here's the thing, though. In Hebrews eleven three, it says, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. That's a great verse. It's by faith. We believe in creation by faith because none of us were there. Moses wasn't there. Adam wasn't there. Nobody was there when God said all these different things. God had to tell Moses what took place. God had to tell him. But yet all throughout scripture we find, this is what he says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. God is the one that spoke these things into existence. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Yeah, go and try to reproduce that in the scientific lab. The things that are seen are made from things that do not appear. What's he saying? He, said, he just spoke and they were there. They were created. You can't reproduce that, folks. I'm sorry. Um. What about Psalms 33, 9? For he spake and it was done. That's a good one. He spake and it was done. Psalm 33, 9. He spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. God didn't need millions of years. God didn't have to have some amoeba crawl out of some marsupial glob. Right? God didn't have to do that. God just said, hey, I can do a whole lot better than that. Hey. Man, you're created. Boom. Animals, you're created. Fish, <laughs> boom, you're created. Amazing. When we were out in California, we were actually at the Pismo Beach, and my wife and I were sitting on the pier that was there. There's a pier that kind of goes out into the beach, and we were sitting there. One of the things my wife had said before we had went out there, she said, I, they, uh, I think her sister-in-law or her sister, somebody had said that in that area, you can take like a, a boat, Right, and you can go out and you can see the whales. You can see the whales and things. And I said, I don't know if I'm going to go out on a boat to see whales. You know, that's a lot of water and 
I said, can they guarantee that you're going to see a whale? No. I said, well, I don't know about that. So we were sitting there on the pier. We're sitting there on the pier, and um, we had gotten some lunch, and, and we're sitting in this chair just kind of overlooking the ocean, and I'm getting ready to take a bite, and my wife slaps me. She said, pow! Did you see that? No, but I see my food flying everywhere. What, what do you mean? What, what, what do you mean, did you see that? What did you see? She said, I just saw a whale. I said, you did not. This is, this is a pier, right? This is a pier. She said, I saw a whale. And this other couple was sitting over there. She's like, did you see that? And they're like. I'm like, honey, you did not see a whale. She said, it was a whale. So we're, we're eating a little bit more and things. And, and now I'm like, okay, may, you know, I'll, I'll watch, you know. And so I'm like trying to eat while I'm watching, you know. And sure enough, there was a whale. It was a humpback whale. They said, they said it, did I apologize? I, no, she hit me. <laughs> I didn't, she, she's the one who should apologize to me. She hit me. That's husband abuse. <laughs> and sure enough, they said, this is very unusual. They said, it's so unusual, this whale. And this, this whale was coming up, and, and it, was, it was just coming. I don't know how they do it, but how they feed it. They was come up out of the water, and they, you know, their mouths are open, and the fish are chasing, you know, and then it crashes back down. I'm like, it's a whale, babe. Did you see that? It was a whale. And so we spent hours just walking up and down the pier, watching this whale go back and forth eating. It was amazing, right? God said, I can do that. I can create that thing. No, no, no trouble. I don't need millions of years. Hey, hey, here you go. Ready? Whale. There it is. There it is. Right? And that's all he did. By his word, he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. I mean, that's, that's our creator God. Able to speak. I mean, all the flowers and the trees and everything that's into existence, God just spoke it. And it's there. He spoke it. And, and that's what we find. Creation reveals, it reveals God. The heavens declare the glory of God. It shows us that he is self-existent. He's pre-existent. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need creation. So why did he create it? For us. He doesn't need it. He created it for us. Think about Hebrews chapter 1. And thou, Lord, in the beginning, this is verse 10 through 12, hast laid the foundation of the earth. How many times in Scripture does God say, I did it, I did it, I did it. And the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest. They shall all wax old as doth a garment, and as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. God said, hey, before creation, I was there. After creation, I'll still be here. He doesn't need creation. We have to have creation. We have to have the the plants and the animals, and we have to have all this. God doesn't need it. John 1, 1 through 3, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. I mean, over and over and over and over, all through Scripture, it's amazing how many times God goes back to say, hey, I want you to remember, I created everything. I want you to remember, I'm the creator. I want you to remember, I'm the one that formed everything. Why did he have to emphasize this so much? Because even in that day, there were people trying to deny it. It's not a new thing. Hey, does it surprise us that only 38% of Americans are familiar with creationism? Yeah, that's shocking. It really is. That's shocking, right? But can I tell you something? 
If you go back and you were to, and I don't know if they had statistics back then or whatever, but I guarantee if you went back and you traced England, I guarantee you'd find a very similar pattern that happens in England. Hey, England, man, country on fire for God, sending out missionaries just like America is. What happens? They begin to think about themselves. They begin to secularize and begin to modernize and everything. And I'm not against modernization of things. But they begin to think about themselves. And what happens? They start getting lower and lower and lower. And what happens? Now we're sending missionaries to England. You can't hardly find a good church in England now. And it used to be the the capital of the world, really, for Christianity. That's where, that's where the gospel is going out. Hudson Taylor and, uh, or excuse me, uh, David Livingston and Robert Moffat and C.T. Studd and all these missionaries, great missionaries, Charles Spurgeon, all these preachers going out. Hey, that was the, that was the sinner. Not anymore. You know what's happening? That's what's happening in America right now. America was the great mission country sending out missionaries and praise god we're still doing it and i think that's one of the very few things that's keeping the hand of god from his judgment coming upon our country is because there are still churches like first baptist all over america that are still trying to send out missionaries and get the gospel out can you imagine just in seven years though from 50 percent to 38 in seven years that was in 2014 what's the statistic now seven years after that and this is why it's so vital that we, we get and understand the Word of God. Um, an evolutionist worldview, um, they don't see God as preeminent. One, one author said it this way, The humanist worldview holds to evolution, rejecting the biblical teaching of creation of all things by God. It is a materialistic worldview which argues that matter and energy are all that exists, the theist, the theist, or excuse me, the atheist scientist, Dr. Carl Sagan, stated the materialistic view in his television series called The Cosmos, claiming the cosmos is all that is, or ever was, or ever will be. I got to say, if, you, if, they, if that's what you hold to, you think the cosmos, matter, that's all that ever has been, ever will be, or whatever, that's, that's a sad way to live. You have, you have no hope. And by the way, that's... What we see in our country today, Ms. Allison? Well, I'm sure they would say we're still evolving. I mean, that's why we have now 70 different gingers. Revolving, but no, that's a good question. Where, when does it stop? There, does it stop? If not, why, why aren't we seeing that now, Corey? Right. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. That, that's that's going to have a huge effect on getting the gospel to people. And I think you're already seeing that already in our society. Um, I mean, just 20, 30 years ago, I think you can see a drastic change in, how, in, in trying to get people the gospel. Um, it's just, it's a totally different, um, different society today. When you were on the mission field, did you have a process of teaching? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah.
Right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And again, that you're, you're already seeing that in, in our country today, right? Um, I remember it was a couple of years ago, my wife met, met a, a girl. Um, she was probably in her early 20s. And um, she asked her, you know, invited her to church. You ever, you know, you ever been to church? Never been to church in her life. Um, I think she asked her, you know, what she knew about the Bible or whatever. And she's like, what's the Bible? And she started talking to her. She's like, oh, I, I, you know, I think my grandma said something about the Jesus book or something, you know. And so I'm, here's, a, here's a young 20-year-old right here in Eaton, has no clue about the Bible, no clue who Jesus is, is obviously not going to know anything about creation, right? Um, because all she's going to be getting is what's been fed to her in all these schools and things. Um, and so, yeah, I think, we're, I think we're already seeing things that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Miss Amy? Right. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's absolutely right. Yeah, and people are going to have to do more of that. Um, and that's why, again, that's why it's important that we understand what the Bible says about it. Um, because that's, that's how the world... That's, that's where they're attacking, right? Anybody else real quick? What's that? Creation story. Creation story. <laughs> you almost need to. Yeah, you almost need to. Um, because I, I, I think so many people don't, they don't understand it. Yep. All right, we'll have to stop there this evening. We'll pick this back up next Sunday night, <clears throat> right? Let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll be dismissed. Father, we do thank you for your word, and uh, Lord, I pray you to help us and really understand why this is such an important topic, uh, an important doctrine that we hold to, that we believe your word teaches, because you've told us exactly what happened. We were not there, but Lord, we know that you've told us in your word this is how this earth and this world and this universe came to be was through you, and you are the creator God. And Father, I pray you to help us to and have that confidence in your word. Uh, Lord, help those that have children to teach these things to their children. Uh, Lord, we know that the world is going to try to deceive them, try to get them to, uh, to think that there is no God and teach them this evolutionary theory. But Father, I pray you'd give us wisdom. Uh, Lord, give us strength and boldness in teaching your word. And, uh, Lord, that we would help these young people to come to know you. And just bless our week, Lord. We thank you for the great day you've given us today. And just give us a great week as we look to serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. And-